0: Welcome to the Parenting with Confidence podcast. I am your host, Teresa Alexander-Inman, board-certified behavior analyst and infant-toddler developmental specialist. So I'm going to continue our conversation on communication, but I want to go back and start at the beginning because I feel like I, some, I did some beginning things and I went ahead and did some middle things and, as I do this, cause you know, I'm new to, por- to podcasting, so i um, getting organized. Okay, So I think I'm gonna start from the beginning and how I'm going to do that is starting with the um, CDC, the Center for Disease Control, their developmental milestones, which they say, you know, they expect 75% of children to meet those requirements. And for those who don't, well, not necessarily requirements, but to meet those targets. And for those who don't, then we really need to do something a little extra. So I am going to start with the developmental milestones. And today we'll look at birth to four months old. So from zero to four. And, um, then we'll go over some strategies and um yes yeah, so we'll go to the milestones then some strategies and i'll let you go <laughs> all right so starting with so from zero to four a child should make sounds and react to loud sounds very important people you know i remember working with a young man who no matter what we did we'd make sounds from the back and the side and the front and just everywhere and he never turned his head to to those sounds never reacted to those sounds um the clinic that we worked at happened to be across the street from a fire department and the you know the sirens you know the trucks would come out sirens blaring and he would never turn to those so we talked to mom about the fact that he may have a hearing impairment because sometimes children don't make sounds because they cannot hear. So we had that addressed um, in that situation. Okay, so really important. Again, so if your child is not reacting to the sounds or making sounds, they may have a hearing impairment. I'm just saying may, okay? I can't see for sure. So, but again, it will give you something to go to your doctor with and be alerted to early on so that it can be addressed if there is a situation there. Now, from four, at four months old, child makes long sounds such as ooh and ah. Okay. Now, if they're not making those ooh and ah sounds, again, you want to increase the amount of communication, the, the amount of words that children hear, right? And actually, I'm going to tell you, please start that when you're pregnant. So if you're listening to this and you're pregnant, start reading to your child. My mom told me this when I was pregnant with my first son. She said, read to him, read to him, read to him. And when he's born, read to him, read to him, you know, sing to him. And she would, you know, she'd sing, um, you know, to my baby while he was in utero. So, just start as early as possible exposing them to language. And okay, so the other milestone is that they make sounds when you talk to them. So, you say something, say, Hi, my baby. And your baby says, but, but how are you today, sweet girl? And then the baby says, you know, something and then you respond and just have that way. It, it gives them that introduction to conversational give and take, that conversational um, back and forth. So you're having that conversation with them. And which is it, it's fun. Like, and you just make it up as you go along. Talk about whatever, and again, because it's not about the topic, it's about the fact that you are exposing your child to language. They turn their heads towards the sound of your voice. So, if you're and to really measure, like if your child has a um, a hearing impairment, because it could be one ear or the other, right? So speak to them from the left side, speak to them from the right side, and see if they turn their heads or react to the sound of your voice. Because at four months old, they should be turning their heads. So if they're not, please contact your physician, talk to your pediatrician about that. Um, I would say though also, if you can, because I know parenting is busy, but uh, keep a journal of your child's milestones. What are they doing? And compare them to the uh, developmental milestones. That's not to say that every child will meet those milestones as determined by the CDC as outlined, but it will give you an idea, w- you know, if they meet them and when they have met them, right? Cause that will really help you through that. And again, it will empower you with information that she can go to your physician with so if you say like this one family i was actually talking to the dad yesterday um, this family they have fostered over 50 children in their lifetime and um one of their foster children had a child and when the granddad met him he said "Mm, there's something i can't put my finger on it but there is something And mom went to the doctor and the doctor says, oh, he's fine, he'll grow out of it, no problem. And at four years old, he was diagnosed with autism. And that's two years, way longer, or whenever I think dad might've, it might've been like 18 months or something, he realized something. So that's a lot of time where something could have been done. And doctors don't know what they don't know. A lot of doctors are not familiar with autism. I hate mean, even at this time in life, they're not. And so what they tend to say they'll grow out of it, especially if it's a boy. And sadly, boys are more often diagnosed with autism. And because they are they have been said to develop slower than girls, it's just accredited to, oh, you know, it's a boy, he's a boy, he'll grow out of it. So I'm just going to give you some tools, some more tools to help you, just period. So if that, so that you get ahead of the curve. So if anything, if you start early, when you start early, you're helping your child to either reduce or prevent the effects of a diagnosis. Um, Dr. Martha Peleas, she -hmm. believes that, you know, those delays start showing themselves at about six months. Some parents notice it a little earlier, some parents a little later. But act as soon as possible. If, you know, let your gut be your guide. If your gut's telling you something is not quite as it should be, get some help. And if that help tells you no, go somewhere else. Just keep searching until you do, because the parents who get results are the parents who just keep pushing on. If your lim- your resources are limited, again, that's why I'm here, trying to give you those tools and strategies to help you uh, to help prevent a lot of these problems that you might encounter if your child is delayed. Okay, so. I've talked about animating your voice and sounding happy and having high and low tones and emphasizing different words as you speak to your child, right? To make it more interesting for them, right? When you're talking to them, so say you're bathing, label body parts while you bathe them or while you change your diaper, you know, oh, can't put your diaper on, oh, no, mommy not, you know, mommy's cleaning you. Just whatever, again, just talk through it. That's just one way, so, you know, to make it, they learn actually what you're doing, right? What it feels like. And then as they develop, you just build on that and they'll build on that knowledge. Okay, so I've already talked about getting, you know, left and right. Um show pictures of families and friends from magazines. You know, point to their faces, point to their smiles. Um you know just really be engaged with your child. And you're doing all of this again at baby's level they, you're, you're they're able to see your face. And I know I've said this before, but you know, repetition helps to build you know, our skill, right? So just like you would with your baby, you're going to repeat these things over and over again because the more you repeat it, the more likely they are to acquire that skill. So during tummy time, get down to, you know, get down on the floor with baby, right? Because remember, tummy to play back to sleep. just want to throw that in there. (laughs) Um, Talk and sing to him, right? And, you know, and you want, actually, you will want him, you will want to put him on his back to play because there's, you know, he'll get a different view of the world when he's on his back. So there are things, but you don't want to keep babies on their backs for too long because you want to prevent um, flathead syndrome, okay? So, Um, Take them around the house, right? Show them items in their environment. Um, Look at your reflection in the mirror, right? Look at baby's reflection. Look at your reflection, point to facial features. Oh, there's your nose and touch his nose and you know, make funny faces. And while you're reading, talk about the pictures. Now, you don't have to say every word. Just talk about what you see. Okay, you can make up things. I mean, I made up so many different stories for my kids. Um, we just stopped even looking at books because after a while, because we just make up stories and just have fun with it. And, you know, um, yeah, but it's good. Again, keep that book and point to the pictures in the book as well, right? And to, oh, there's a tree and the, you know, the bird is on the tree. The bird goes tweet, tweet, you know, that kind of thing. Play peekaboo. Okay. And again, when you uncover your head, make different sounds. So it could be boo, or ah, or you know, just make different sounds to engage your child, give them a different experience when you do that. Um, sing in a, so when, say at bedtime or when baby's crying, sing in a soothing tone. Right, And when they're playing, sing in a happy tone. Um, sing songs that use, you know, hand motion. So you can actually do, you, when you sing head, shoulders, knees and toes, touch their head, touch their shoulders, touch their knees and their toes. And um, as you sing the song. And songs that have repeated phrases are great, right? Because again, like I said just now, the children learn through repetition. And um, I'm just gonna add a few other things cause you know, I just want to. So if you're in the kitchen cooking, talk about the smells, right? If you dropped the pot and it made a loud sound, oh no, I dropped the pot, that was loud, wasn't it? I'm sorry, sweet girl, did that startle you? Yeah. Um, have, the, you know, their toys should be brightly colored, right? Things that will get attention, move things back and forth. See if they follow the gaze, the um, movement of whatever it is that you're moving in front of their eyes. Are their eyes moving? Or are they trying to move their head to see that? And that will also help you learn, you know, if there are any issues with vision. Go outside. Talk about what you see, what you feel, what you smell, what you hear right look at the car it goes vroom vroom or the truck goes you know whatever sounds truck makes you think i would know did you hear that bird it went tweet 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 um feel the breeze you know oh it's a little cold outside Brr, it's hot Whew, i'm hot you know just again just talk as much as you can because the more language you expose your child to, the more likely they're going to acquire that language, right? You're giving them an opportunity to acquire language. Okay, so I'm going to stop here. Next time, we'll go on to the six-month milestones and strategies that you can use to help your child uh, meet those milestones. And listen, your child could be six months and have not met the zero to three month milestones, use those strategies, right? Wherever your child is, always meet your child where they are, okay? Meet him where he is. So, or where she is, and then go from there. So just because a milestone says, oh, the child should be doing this, okay? If they're not doing it, that doesn't mean that they won't later on, but you have to start where they are parent with confidence.